This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini, an author, speaker, and retreat leader who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Hello, everyone. I am very excited to be here with you today. I have a very special guest. Um, I have never actually had a guest of this status on my podcast, and I am super excited about it. Uh, So today with us is Bishop William Byrne from the Diocese of Springfield, Massachusetts. And he was recently, uh, as in on December 14th, ordained and installed a bishop. So we're going to talk a little bit with uh, Bishop Byrne about himself, and then we're going to talk about a great book that he has written. So welcome, Bishop Byrne. Thank you. It's so great to be with you, Deanna. I am very excited that you are able to be here. So um, people like to know, how did you wind up becoming a priest? People like to know that. Could you tell us a little bit? Okay, sure. I mean, I think that it's a vocation. So how did I become a priest? Well, because I think God wanted me to be a priest, a priest of his son, Jesus Christ. And um but I grew up in a family, a big eight children, one of eight, the youngest of eight kids, more precisely the baby of eight kids. Uh, and I, uh, they were, my parents were very normal, fun people, but also faithful, daily communicant Catholics. And uh, my dad's oldest brother was himself a, a priest of the Archdiocese of New York, my late uncle, Father John burn. And so that was always something in my wheelhouse. It was something that, you know, we had doctors in the family, we had lawyers, and then, but we also had a priest. So it wasn't an unusual decision. And it sort of started as a hunch. And I started thought about it in high school. And then I thought about it more in college. I went to a Jesuit college, right, not far from here, uh, in Worcester, College of the Holy Cross. And, um, and I wouldn't say that I was like banging down the church or got calluses on my knees at the place, but that hunch was not going away. Uh, and so I told my parents late in my college career that I was thinking about being a priest. And my father was like, whoa, that'd be awesome. My mom said, hey, listen, I'd love to have a son who's a priest. I'd hate to have one who was a priest, who used to be a priest. And I thought, hmm. And she was right. I was, I was immature at the time and she said why don't you think about it do something you've never done before and uh and then you can decide so I was like like what mom thinking I was sort of imagining myself sailing across the you know the Atlantic or something like that when she said do something you've never done before and she said uh how about get a job (laughs) so so you'd never had a job I mean, I'd had jobs, but like I was a dishwasher in a restaurant in the summertime, but she, uh, I think she was thinking of something a little bit more substantial. So I ended up teaching school for three years at a Catholic boys school that I had gone to myself. And that was a great blessing. And then the, I was in contact with the vocations director and, and he said, you, needed a, you need a spiritual director. And so I asked around and I ended up meeting with a priest who was working at the Nunciature and his name is, was Father Tim Dolan. And now oh. he's Cardinal Dolan. I th- yeah, I was going to say, I think I've heard of him. You might yeah. have heard of him. <laughs> he was, so he was there at my, cons- at my ordination and my installation. 
So what a great joy that was to have him be my spiritual director 30 some years ago and then be there when I'm uh, made a bishop. So I, I ended up applying, they, I went to Rome for five years um, for my seminary training at the Pontifical North American College. Uh, and then I came back and I've been a, was a priest for 26 years in the Archdiocese of Washington and a bishop of Springfield, Massachusetts for about 15 minutes. <laughs> so, so, all right. So we, we know that, like, as you said, the becoming a priest is a vocation, but then in your vocation, as you stayed with your vocation, which I'm sure your mom was very happy about that. You never had, she never had to say you were, were a priest. Right. So that's yeah, great. Uh-huh. Um, then you got an actual call uh, from whom did you get a call from that you were going to be? So I got a call. It was uh, the feast of the guardian angels, October oh. 2nd. And nice. um, the receptionist was out that day and I was waiting for an appointment. So I was sitting at the receptionist desk and um, answering phones and then my cell phone rings and it's a random 202 number that I didn't recognize. So of course I just let it go to machine. Um, and so then it came up as a voicemail. And so I listened to the voicemail and it was a, uh, a, a man with a French accent. And he said, Father Byrne, this is Archbishop Christophe Pierre, the Apostolic Nuncio, please call me at your earliest convenience. So I, I, my hand started to shake. Uh, I was like, uh-oh, I have a feeling that he's not calling me for my crepe recipe or my uh, how to raise a dog recommendations or so I called him back and he said how are you today I'm like fine he says it's nice weather we're having and I was like yeah it's nice weather so there was sort of like this he said the holy father would like is appointing you to be the bishop of and then he paused and I was like bishop of and then he said Springfield in Massachusetts and um and before you know it, he said, please call Cardinal O'Malley and make arrangements. Please call the uh, Bishop McManus, the current apostolic administrator of the diocese. And boom, within uh, an hour, everything had been, the dates had been picked, but that was it. Those, it's all secret. So that they could reach out to the vicar general here and start making the arrangements. Uh, and so then I, 12 days later, I, you know, keeping a secret is, is, I'm great. If you tell me something in confession, I never heard it. Okay. Oh, good to know. Good to know. So that's, a, I'm good with the seal. Okay. <laughs> but I want you to know that, uh, but all of a sudden thinking, okay, my entire life as I know it is now completely upside down and I can't run and be like, OMG. <laughs> you have to be quiet for 12, 12 days, you said? Be- yeah, 12 days. Wow. Being quiet for me for 12 minutes is hard sometimes. Because so, that, that was really big news. I mean, for a priest, is there really any other? I mean, that's probably one of like the biggest news things could happen, right? Right. In a I good mean, way. It it's, it's, <laughs> in a good way. It's Yeah, exactly. Because all of a sudden, I mean, I had very deep roots in D.C. I grew up there. I knew everybody. Um, my family's all there. Uh, my my 97 year old mom is there, and um, and so uh, to so then all of a sudden you're moving to a place where essentially you don't know anyone, um, and 
And it's so incredibly exciting and life-giving. Uh, I like change. I've always felt it healthy. This is a humongous change. Um, and, but it was, uh, and I felt at peace every single step of the way. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I think when God calls you, and obviously he has, and he did, and you know it's the right thing, then you have that peace. And uh, right. and only he can give us that peace, which is, you know, really why the world does need more of Jesus um, because of So I want to tell you a quick story, Diana. Yes. Um, so canon law requires that before any type of ordination, you do a retreat. So before you're a deacon, before you're a priest, and of course, before you're a bishop. So I did a Zoom retreat because you can't go to retreat houses. I stayed at a friend of mine's uh, vacation home on Martha's Vineyard up here in Massachusetts so I could get my quarantine out of the way and do my retreat at the same time. So the bishop who directed me, Archbishop Hebda of, of Minneapolis, St. Paul, um, we, we Zoomed in twice a day and he's a very holy, good man. First day he says to me, he said, I want you to pray about, he said, God's not sending you to, Massachusetts, just because you have a good resume. He said he's sending you there because he loves you and he loves the people of Western Massachusetts. He said, so take that to prayer. So I was sitting in, I'd set up a little chapel in the room in the house that I was staying in, like an office setting mm -hmm. that wasn't used as anything else. And it was perfect. I cleared it all out and put things back, of course. But um, on the wall, I'd set up I'd the Eucharist there. So I was doing my one of my prayer times after he'd said this. I said, Lord, show me your this love. And the my hostess, they weren't there, of course, but in that room she had put quotes and family photos of them all at the beach and that type of stuff. So just as soon as they asked that, I turned to my left and I look on the wall, and this is the quote that's hanging right there. Do I love you? Question mark. If your love was a grain of sand. My love is an, a universe of beaches. Oh, my goodness. And guess what's even better is, guess what the quote's from? The Princess Bride. Oh. <laughs> it's like, I love how God does that. That's amazing. It, and he has a sense of humor, right? Which is mm -hmm. so important, um, which actually sort of maybe could lead us into your book, Sense of Humor, right? So I picked up your book. Uh, so... Bishop Byrne has written a book. However, he did not write the book when he was a bishop. So the title of the book is Five Things with Father Bill. So please do not think I'm being irreverent of him when I say Five Things with Father Bill. All right. That is the title. It is published by Loyola Press. And I love the subtitle, Hope, Humor, and Help for the Soul. Hope, Humor, and Help for the Soul. All right, so how did this book come to be, Bishop Byrne? So it started as a series of articles I wrote for the Catholic Standard um, in Washington, the Catholic newspaper. And then for the fun of it, the video editor and I, from the video guy from the Archdiocese, Christopher Baker and I turned them into videos that are on YouTube, um, like little two minute videos sort of summarizing each chapter. Each chapter is, five things I learned from my dog or five graduation gifts, five things you should give your, pre they're all just all standalone five things. Um, and they're meant to be, like you said, they're, they're bite-sized, but nutritious 
They have their meaty. They, there's some meaning behind them. So I had a bunch of these and uh, a really good friend of mine said, you've got to turn this into a book. And, and he's persistent. And finally Loyola uh, or Loyola said they were interested. And ta-da. It's, it's probably available by Loyola Press. Yes. Uh -huh. Uh, they probably picked it up because you went to a Jesuit school, right? That's probably why. <laughs> Maybe I guess so. Um, no. I went to so, two. I went to Georgetown Prep also, so I went uh, to okay. Jesuit schools. All right. Well, that that's good. That's good. That's yeah. So Loyola Press is a Jesuit ministry. So the book, just to give my listeners a little bit of information, there are fifty chapters, and each chapter is at most three or four pages, not even four full pages, and. You know, sometimes when we use humor, I, I sometimes have this problem, Bishop Byrne. People think I'm being irreverent, but your book uses humor, and in no way is it ever irreverent. Um, and I watched a couple of your videos as well, and I was laughing. And I know that the purpose of them was not for me to laugh, but I thought, you know, there is so much seriousness in this world and so much heaviness. And sometimes when we talk about Jesus, instead of lightening people's loads, we give them, we make it more burdensome. We make Jesus burdensome. Um, what do you think? So this is a, a, a really good point. I think that for somebody who thinks that laughter is somehow irreverent, I mean, misplaced laughter at the wrong time is, is, can be irreverent. But God created us, you know, it says so that, uh, my joy might be in you and your and your joy might be complete. So uh, that's pretty clear what the Lord's goal is. I, I have a theory about ministry, um, a sort of underlying philosophy. And that, that is that most of life is school. And I think faith should be recess. Not in the sense that you know, I'm not disparaging school. I like learning all that. that. Don't get me wrong. But that recess is that studies show if you don't have recess, kids don't learn as well. They need to run around. They need to be refreshed and they need to breathe the air in. And so church, faith, our friendships around the Lord should all be that rejuvenation so that we can face the, um, face the trials of the world. But so often we've made sort of our experience of church being talked at um, and, and it being sort of like, feels like homework. Whereas it should feel like refreshment and joy and delight. That, those are really good points, right? That, and we need that refreshment that joy that delight that rejuvenation it, it's it's more like spending time learning and knowing about jesus is like spending time with your friend where you are able to get something out of it not just intellectually speaking right like school um but also in your spirit and in your soul i have to give due credit by the way i got that that sort of understanding by reading the uh obituary of Gary Marshall. So Gary oh. Marshall was the producer of Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley. And they asked him why his shows were the way they were. And he said, I want them to be recess, not school. And that hit me and it struck me and said that 
that it really should be. And, and you just think about the mass itself. The mass itself, Bishop Barron does a great thing on this about how the mass is play, like the vestments, the music, the entire experience uh, should be, uh, it should have a little pageantry to it, a little, um, that, that the, the beauty and the joy and the fun of the liturgical experience should be palpable. Yeah, and I think sometimes we, we lose that in our desire to be efficient, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to, to get to the point of things. Um, and right. so that, that's a good reminder. That's a great reminder. Um, so who is this book for? I have my opinion who the book is for, but I want to hear what you think. I wrote the book. I mean, in my mind, I think I was constantly writing them for my nieces and nephews, you know, for people that to help them, people who are raised in the context of faith, who understand it, but maybe to give them windows of insight that they otherwise might not have had. Um, for my friends who are, are doing their best to raise their kids Catholic, but sometimes it just feels like another thing on a to-do list. Uh, and so I wrote it for, that's who I wrote it for. I wrote it also as, as something that, or maybe I didn't really intentionally write it this way, but it sort of happened that people would say, oh, I love that article. I sent it to my neighbor who's, not, who's a lapsed Catholic. I knew she'd like it because she loves dogs or whatever the context was. And that was sort of, an, I guess, a more honestly, an unintended consequence, but a good one. I, I love the way God uses all of our work for, for his purposes, right? And so we always have something in our mind, and then he takes it and, and says, okay, well, we can use it for this too you know, which is right. really, that, that again shows his abundance, you know, his, his right. abundance and the joy, the joy part of it. So this has been a great conversation and I would love to talk to you for hours, but that probably would not fit in well with your schedule. <laughs> one, one last question. Um, what, I, I would almost, I would love to know what's your favorite part of being a bishop, but since it's only been a month, let's just say, what's your favorite part of being a priest? Well, I mean, the, 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 the thing that, is, that brings us fulfillment is when we're doing God's will. And God's will for me was to bring his son in a very real way um, to people in the preaching of the gospel and the giving them of the sacraments, especially in the Eucharist. So the, the capacity to walk with people in every stage of their life in a privileged way um, whether it be a tragic moment where you step into someone's darkness with the light of the gospel and you say, take my hand, let's go. I know this is scary. I know this is hard, but follow me to Jesus because he's going to make sense out of all of this. So at every, um, and, and I really don't see it. I think it's just being a bishop uh, is just doing the same thing on a larger scale. Um, and, and in a way, an important way is because a primary responsibility, as I see it, is to nurture the priest and to encourage their, their journey of holiness and bolster morale and help them have pers- the perspective of joy and hope so that they can feed others. 
It's a, it's a tough calling. Um, I think all, all vocations right now are tough. I think being a priest is tough. I think being a bishop is tough. I think being married is tough. I think it's all tough. Um, but it is really a blessing to talk to a priest and, and a bishop who really to serve the people. That that's your heart to serve the people and to walk with them, in the, especially in the sacraments, which again are so greatly needed in our time for our people. Um, so do you have a favorite hack from the book or just a favorite life hack in general? Um, well, I think the one of the things that that I have a I have a dog um, named Zelly, named after the mother of Saint Therese of Lisieux, Zelly Martin, Saint Zelly Martin. Her, she and her father, Zelie and Louis Martin, over there. Do you like how I put that in a French accent? I, I do. Uh, I, I think that's great. Very, very, very Euro of me. And the, um, but the, uh, but so when when I when people relate their sort of everyday lives and are able to sort of see through it and see something about God in that, um, it's sort of the one of the major lessons that I I hope people take away that. They can see something in the attentiveness of their dog to their daily routine as how we should be attentive to God in ours, you know, the real master. Yeah, yeah, it, it's true. It's God is not in the clouds, right? He is right there with us in all of the things of our life, including our dogs, if, if you have a dog. So that's good. Right. You know, just like we tell mothers that God is in changing of the dirty diapers and washing all the dirty dishes. God is everywhere. Right. Um, right. You have to remember that, you know, so uh -huh. um, any other final words before we wrap it up? Uh, yeah, I think we just need to remember that, that even though our days can be hard, they really are, can be opportunities. Like I feel inspired by St. Paul quite often getting shipwrecked and getting flogged and stoned and, you know, uh, his was not, being an apostle was not an easy, there was no upside to it, you know? No. no. Um, and, uh, but, but what they, what, it, what he really did was just like, he never lost his, he never lost the joy of it. He never lost the, the vision. And so in the, in the day, that's the importance of taking some quiet time in your day to just keep perspective you know, if you're a family life, you're building the kingdom in the life of those kids and in the, the way people see the husband and wife treat each other, they should be seeing how Christ loves us. And so I say, don't look at the discouragement, don't look at the challenge, look at the opportunity to bring great love. I like that. I like that very much, that each day is an opportunity. Um, and we have our opportunity to do good, to do what Jesus is calling us to do, or to, you know, and, and tune out the negativity in some way, because that can be a big help to our, our, our spiritual lives, you know, to do that. So thank you so very much for this interview. I greatly appreciate it's it. It's been a delight. Thank you. And uh, if another book comes out, maybe we'll get to see you again another time. Thank you, Deanna. I appreciate that. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe or tell a friend or leave a review. You can find all show notes and links on 
notlukewarmpodcast.com. That's also where you can find links to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you have a topic that you'd like to learn more about or want to tell me how the Not Lukewarm Challenge went this week, please send me an email at Bartolini at mediaangels.com.